partnership with Paizo. The No Direction Network welcomes you to our PaizoCon Online 2020 seminar coverage. While you enjoy your PaizoCon Online 2020 seminar recordings, remember that these were recorded online and that some minor audio and connection issues are to be expected. Welcome Pathfinders, Rick here. I am the hosting Game Master for the Find the Path Ventures and the Find the Path Podcast. This is our PaizoCon 2020 panel covering how to create a dynamic character. Unfortunately, we had some audio issues with this whenever we made our transition from the Discord to our Twitch stream. And unfortunately, one, we had lost the first about three and a half minutes or so of the audio for this. And secondly, we seem to have lost Jessica's audio entirely. So for Jessica fans, I'm sure this will be heartbreaking. And we all are Jessica fans. In addition to that, we did lose the introduction. This is our how to create a dynamic character for Pathfinder and covers some of our ideas, tips and tricks, as well as collecting information from the audience about making a character that we then carry on into our second panel, which will also be available soon. You, of course, hear from me, Rick Sandage, as well as Jessica Peters, only briefly because her audio is mostly lost, Jordan Jenkins, Rachel Sandage, Heather Allen, and Ross Scoggin. So we hope that you still enjoy this, and hopefully you can learn a little something. Until next time, good luck, Pathfinders. They're doing that. Um, basically, the... The primary thing that I do is I try to figure out what is it that's actually going to be, you know, the, the, what do they do before they're an adventurer, right? Mm -hmm. um, in second edition, it's very obvious what that is, but it's a little bit more murky in uh, first edition. But you, you had a life before you were an adventurer in most cases. Um, it could be just you were 15 or you, you hit 15 and you're like, boom, I'm an adventurer. But, you know, you did something before that. You had parents, you had siblings, you had a town that you lived from, you know, that you lived in. Events that happened to you that actually, you know, defined who you are as a person. So mm. the, the biggest thing about it is you want a background that gives you a skill that develops your character. So um, a good example is I have, you know, a, uh, a ranger that I've started. Why is he a ranger? What is, what is his background that led him into becoming a ranger? What, does he have family of rangers? Is it one of the things that he's had to fend for himself and learned how to be a ranger? Um, mechanically, that can also be helpful if you're trying to make a character fit into a certain role. So, for instance, okay, I want to make a character that is... Um, you know, knowledgeable about a certain thing. Okay. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. really pushing to get, uh, you know, my knowledge arcana, um, set up and I want to be able to roll arcana. There are backgrounds to give you that, but then you're going to have to justify it in your backstory. And that's, you know, there's nothing saying that you can't make a, you know, fighter that has, you know, been, was trained as a scholar and just decided one day, uh, you know, Oh, an orc attack happened and now I should, I should switch to being a fighter. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's a fun way to make it make it more dynamic is basically ensuring that your character isn't a collection of stats that they came from somewhere. They just didn't emerge from the void fully formed. Um, yeah. As yeah. A, like I just walked out one day of the fighter factory and haha. Uh, well, again, that's I mean, an android in you. Going back around to that. Ooh. Yes. 
Yeah. You can hear the excitement in Heather's voice. <laughs> I believe we are a spellcaster of some we, form or fashion. We haven't decided what kind yet. Okay, so divine or okay. Very well. Okay. Um, uh, we've also so covered ancestry so far as well as background. But I don't know if we've actually picked any we, of those. We have, we have not picked any. one yet. So yeah. if people want to kind of what, toss what out say, our well? ancestry. Okay, so a few people have been uh, looking at that before we switched over to Twitch. Um, let me mm -hmm. go through some of the, the uh, selections we've got so far. Um, let's see here. Choo -choo -choo, that's location. Sorry, I went up too far. <laughs> <laughs> we've let's gone too far. We've got a damp fear from a cursed family. Um, that was a selection. And then somebody just put in changeling. Yeah, changeling. cursed family showed up again too. So I'm thinking that'll be a background. <laughs> well, we want to, uh, since some people may be joining right now, do we want to finish talking about class and then we can address ancestry background and class as one thing if you want to toss some of those ideas down in the comments? I think it was a funny suggestion, but an android mummy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's funny. I, mean, I like animal whispering just for you know <laughs> flavor. Got a couple of folks talking about animal whisperer, so <laughs> that's an interesting background for Ustalaw specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also cursed family, so yeah. Okay. Well, how about well, how about we tackle class gonna... real quick? So, yeah, uh, Russ, would you be able to talk about uh, class some? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, or sorry Jessica. again about kind of. No, 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 no. Keep going. Okay. Uh, right. Let's get to class then. I'm going to take you to school, apparently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm hilarious in my own head anyway. Uh, yep. So right Teacher now we're going to primarily be talking about the Core 12 classes, mostly because those are what are out in 2E so far, aside from the playtest for the Advanced Player's Guide stuff. Soon. Soon, yes. <laughs> um now, for each class, you do need to choose. You you usually get a number of choices. Um, we're going to refer to these as subclasses just for the sake of uh, our discussion here. Um, but these cover everything from bloodlines to instincts to rackets to, you know, all that different stuff that you get to select based off of your class. Um, so in this case, you want to try to choose your subclass based off of your earlier decisions. So if your character, for example, is a dwarven, um, you know, like a, a dwarven uh, soldier uh, and you choose the champion class, maybe, you know, your character is going to make more sense being a devotee to Torag, or maybe even they're more of like a defensive dwarf. So that might, you know, select like you know, your shield abilities from the champion class, things like that. Um, you can also, uh, make your character choices based off of something that's interesting, even if it's not necessarily going to be the most effective, this doesn't necessarily mean that you're ineffective. Um, but for example, you know, it's like, I might get more damage on each one of my turns if I'm wielding a great sword, but I'm a warrior from Kadira where great swords aren't exactly common, I might do better using a falchion or or a scimitar or something like that. Yeah, um, you know, so maybe be willing to change your gear some, even if it's not necessarily the most optimal selection for you know whatever uh, whatever role that you're trying to take. Choosing uh, something more thematic. Exactly. 
the same holds true for spellcasters. Don't think that you can you know get away with whatever just because you're a spellcaster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like as a spellcaster, you know certainly like there are going to be some spells that are ubiquitous. Like you're always going to want to cast a fireball at some point. But yes. <laughs> um, I mean, if you're playing if you're playing a character that maybe uh, was trained by the Winter Winch- Witches up in mm-hmm. Irison, maybe you avoid fire spells. Yeah. In fact, I, mean, I think uh, yeah. I think if you're in a uh, Irison, fire spells are illegal in the Force. There, maybe I I don't recall no. that specific detail, but only you I, can prevent forest fires. Ah, Jordan, you beat me to the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't play the awakening. Oh, you know what I should have done? I should have said only you can prevent forest fireballs. Yep. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Dang it. <laughs> But also keep in mind uh, multi-classing and archetype options um, mm-hmm. and keep those open. So, you know, this is the sort of thing where, you know, many times your character may already have a background reason for being interested in some sort of class. Maybe they, you know, like they they grew up and they were a bodyguard for a wizard. And so technically they're a fighter but they've been kind of peeking over the wizard's shoulder all the time and like learning a bit of magic on the side just because it interests them. So maybe you have a character that, you know, you're already like, well, they're a fighter, but I'm definitely going to take the multi-class wizard archetype. Uh, maybe you want your character to be part of an organization. Maybe they train to be a hell knight, you know, for most of their life because they're, you know, Chalaxian and they want to, you know, be part of the Chalaxian Empire and or the Chalish <laughs> Empire, uh, I think is what they refer to it. And so they're like, yeah, yep. Hell Knight, that's the one for me. Um, and you can have that, you can kind of start ruminating on that while you're coming up with your class options. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, especially be be open to the idea of taking one that you maybe didn't plan for in an adventure path, because some of the adventure paths actually do have um, some unique opportunities for specific archetypes or, um, you know, different uh, feats that you might be able to take and things like that. So um, I, in general, don't really plan my character super big, but in second edition, there's some uh, some leeway is always good to get even further tied into the story. Mm-hmm. You might find that there's an archetype or, you know, an uh, organization that becomes available to you that wasn't really around before. And if you decide your character is somebody that would join that, absolutely do it. Like, why yeah. not? And uh, expect us to go a little bit more in depth into uh, archetypes and multi-classing everything in the second panel that we are doing tomorrow, same time uh, at 11, well, at 11 o'clock this time, but that'd be nine o'clock Paiso time, I believe. Nine o'clock, yes. So... Paiso specific time. Are we ready for the ABCs? I don't yeah, see so. a lot of ancestries, but I do mm. like this cursed family undead sorcerer thing people are suggesting. That's really <laughs> yeah, on that's, brand uh, for Ustalov. That, that is leaning into the setting real good. <laughs> Captain Nemo says Ustalov is in his blood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, so, like so yeah, uh, let's do the cursed family for the background and mm-hmm. sorcerer with the undead bloodline for our class, but we mm-hmm. still don't have an ancestry. So yeah, what ancestry out, is Somebody this, said uh, elf character. Yeah, I, I think like forlorn elf. That's a good forlorn idea. elf is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. For now, yeah. we're probably going to stick with the ones that are uh, currently available. Just you know, Dampier yeah. is really cool, but I don't think that that's actually been implemented in two E yet. And neither has Changeling yet. Yeah, which is so, unfortunate because those are both uh, really good. For, very, very, very yeah. thematic for yes. um for but in this case, we're going to go ahead and go with Forlorn Elf. I think that's really good. So, so 
Forlorn elf. Cursed family. Cursed family. Sorry, I'm just staring at Jordan to be funny. Um, <laughs> forlorn, <laughs> forlorn elf. Cursed family. Um, sorcerer with the undead bloodline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, from from Usulov. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Sounds great. All I'm right. I'm going to steal this character, y'all, because it sounds fun already. <laughs> I know. I think, like, the, I think the audience is pandering to Heather. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. They were like, hey, oh, yeah. her and her little oh, goth girl. Oh, with oh, somebody, somebody suggested Leshy undead sorcerer. Oh, oh, I don't know how that's get justified in, in Usulov, but I kind of uh-huh. like Leshy. You're like a, a rotting plant person? Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like Heather now has a backup character for Tyrant's Grasp. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> fine. Uh, All right. One thing I wanted to mention real quick is Jim, sure. uh, Daniel is talking about how um, Seer, it's harder to come with more interesting characters with the more bland ABC than exotic races, um, like a stock human soldier fighter. Um, okay. So, like, what would you suggest for something like that? Um, I mean, a lot of what makes a character dynamic isn't necessarily what they have on the sheet. It's what you do to implement those things. You can make a really interesting character that's just a human fighter if you, you know, if you implement things from the setting and, you know, depending on your, I guess in second edition, it'd be the campaign background and things like that and develop a really interesting backstory and a personality that's what makes the characters mm-hmm. dynamic, not necessarily their their stats on the page. That's true. I mean, no if I'm thinking about a soldier fighter, I might think of someone who maybe you were a child soldier. And so you're dealing with the trauma of being a child soldier. Um, and now, you know, you're an adult and maybe you don't really want to be that anymore, but you keep getting pulled back into it. And so you kind of have mm-hmm. the internal drama of. I have all these skills to kill people, but I hate that I have all these skills. And that makes you kind of interesting to to play with. There's also, I would say, a big difference between, say, like a fresh-faced recruit who just joined the military and a veteran who's been around for a while. Um, Those can be two very different characters, and yet Mm -hmm. both would be a human soldier fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, yeah. It, one of the things that you can look at is also leaning into um, like both both the things that Ross and Jessica were talking about there is leaning into your background and determining what being a yeah. soldier from your background depends on. Also, if you find one element of your character boring, try compensating with another element. So, for instance, a human soldier fighter from Minkai is going to be vastly different than a human soldier fighter from Taldor is going to be vastly different than a human soldier fighter from um Catapesh. Mm-hmm. So, depending on what you play with it, you can also lean into your character's ancestry if you find your background or your class to be kind of static and boring to yeah. make it more interesting and diverse. Absolutely. I agree. And, so, uh, uh, I think we still have development that we're going to talk about. Yes, this is our extra step, um, mm-hmm. which we actually started kinding, uh, kind of touching on when we were talking just now. Yes, we have the ABCDs. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, Actually, I've kind of taken over the. You have before before we get there. Um, we have a handful of suggestions that are kind of interesting, so I want to talk about them. There's okay. um, Revcon says that a corpse plant leshy would be kind of like an undead leshy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rotha like says it. that a gourd leshy that people think is just a plant and that gets dressed up like a scarecrow might be kind of interesting. <laughs> oh wow! You mean like the tiniest <laughs> little scarecrow? Because aren't they small sized? 
I don't know. That would be adorable. We there also a, have a horror movie that had something like that with the pumpkin head or whatever it was. It was like it a little kid that trick or treated. Called pumpkin head? No. Is it pumpkin? There I think is it might something. Trick or treat. Trick or treat's a thing. I feel like there's a lot. I feel like there's a lot. Somebody said trick or treat. Yes. Is it trick or treat? Yeah. Somebody said trick or treat. Yeah. All right. There's also Sam. That's right. Okay. There's also a handful of things that seem like just good advice. Um, Think about who trained them or how did it influence their development. So, you know, in the old uh, campaign, ultimate campaign had kind of you rolled on those charts. And uh, one of them was mentor or important figure in your past. So, like, bring some of that stuff in. And also think about deity and theology if you want to bring in more breath uh, to the influences. So yeah. maybe you're a fighter, but you follow Surin Ray, so you have like a whole thing that you, you kind of do as your code. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of thing. Or maybe you became I, I will, a soldier will... because you follow Caden Kalian and you just want to be a heroic person, you know? I yeah. Yeah, I, I will say Ultimate Campaign is that one book that, like, if you're playing for second edition and that's what you got into Pathfinder on, still pick it up because it does have this, like, kind of Mad Libs. You roll, you know, D20s, percentiles, all these things to kind of Mad Libs together a character. Yeah, and I've always, made, I've always found that to be really interesting. And at the end, it gives you, like, background traits, which wouldn't be <laughs> applicable to second edition. But the idea of just, you know, that unexpectedness, if you need that inspiration, um, I've found some really interesting inspirations from that yeah that's good that's a good idea yeah yeah uh so do we want to go ahead and talk about development now yes i think so uh would you like to handle that jess or should i yeah i just i had to jump into the captain's seat and uh, (laughs) as you do i'm willing to relinquish it i was gonna say his favorite seat well, development I, is, so our, is one we came up with. It's not yes, really pretty. Uh, development is kind of the it, like our added on for the ABCD. This is the part where you take all those things that you have on your stats and turn them into something dynamic. We just kind yeah. of decided to come up with development for that. Um, this is a good spot to talk to your game master and be like, hey, I uh, need a mentor. Is there a character in this adventure path that would suit a good mentor for and the character that we've come up here a forlorn elf with a cursed family who's an undead bloodline sorcerer so yeah. you know mm-hmm. tarbafon obviously um <laughs> uh, i'm sure he had an influence in their lives <laughs> but i doubt that he was directly a mentor i mean <laughs> yeah i mean he whispered to them a lot probably not yeah. everyone in ustalov who has to do with necromancy is a direct descendant of tarbafon i mean come on yeah. i mean we don't know how much he got around i we well, <laughs> but wow okay then <laughs> Anyway, I know, uh, he, he could be like Genghis Khan up in here. I don't know. The less you roll it, the better, I think. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, um, so anyway, yeah. Rick? Uh, usually, when you reach the development point, is when you want to really kind of flush out your character's um, backstory. So, you take the elements that you got from your character's class. So, for instance, um, you know, that the human soldier fighter that we were talking about a little bit earlier, just so I'm not diving too much in my own character concepts for our mm-hmm. uh, total thing. You know, if you're looking at, you know, I'm from Tian Shaw, I have this background where I'm a soldier. So in that case, maybe I was trained as a samurai in Ben Kai. And then you bring in your class. So you're like, I'm a fighter that I focus on, you know, a lot of these 
fine precision movements, the, you know, the beautiful dance that is, you know, the samurai fighting thing. And then you can develop your backstory of, you know, was, did I grow up as a, you know, in a, uh, I can't remember the proper terminology for it in Japan, the, uh, the manners, but basically a, a castle in Minkai and, you know, why am I somewhere else where I am now? You know, if I'm in Absalom, what happened to my family? You know, why am I not there defending them? So you kind of have this chance to come up with a lot of the backstory and talk with your game master about it, where they can say, oh, well, there's this mercantile consortium that we may be dealing with. So then we can tie all of that in. Uh, this is also a great time to really delve into deciding representation. Um, this is something that is always important in gaming mm -hmm. in general is including inclusivity and uh, representation. So deciding, you know, what is your ethnicity? Um, you know, character's sexual preference, um, a character's gender identity, things like that are very important to do during your development stage to kind of come in and decide, you know, who are, what are the nuts and bolts? What are the fine details of this character? Once you've gotten past the establishing the foundation for them. Because those choices are also going to influence about how you role play this character yes. when you're um, when you sit down and play. So it's one of those things that you might want to already, like Rick said, have nailed down. Yeah. Uh, additionally, um, make sure that, you know, especially if you're playing something long form like an adventure path or a module, uh, maybe talk to fellow players, see kind of, you know. Mm -hmm. Do, how do we know each other? Do we know each other? Do you want to be siblings or do you want to be like best friends from way back or whatever? And kind siblings, of siblings are always the best in. I know Jessica loves that one. I <laughs> but siblings, siblings are always a great end to tie in another character where it's like, even if I'm not really interested in this, my sister is. So uh, I mm -hmm. guess we're in. Yeah. <laughs> I also like a, I like a husband-wife combo pack because that's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, but really, it could be anything. You could just be like besties or you could be competitors. I think we once yeah. played a game where Jordan and I were competitors with one another. Mm -hmm. um, so and it's, a, it's, it's kind of an interesting way to like tie people together. So everybody doesn't necessarily have to know anyone, everyone, but it's like, okay, so my character and Jess's characters are brother and sister and Jess's character is best friends with Rachel's character who knows Ross's character. Mm -hmm. And so everybody kind of knows one or two people in the group, but not it's not one of those, hey, we've all been, you know, childhood friends forever, which is also a thing you could do if you really yeah. wanted to. Everybody could know each other. That's true. But if you don't want to go that route, knowing at least one other person in the party makes it a lot easier for people to come together as a group. That is yeah. true. So definitely a great suggestion there and just kind of tying your character in with the rest of the group. So do we want to move on to uh, or I believe we decided to just refer to these as our elevator pitches or. Well, I, I've got one last comment on that. Um, that I want more of the Tarvafon angsty poetry that they've started in the chat, by the way. Gracious. <laughs> um, but uh, no, the uh, the thing that I find most interesting in your in your backstory is actually leaving gaps in your backstory. Yes. Um, so I will I will use our our you know, our soldier fighter, right? Um, it's possible that, um, you know, I'm not talking about something like him having amnesia necessarily, but leaving some things nebulous. So like I could say he has a, you know, a mentor who taught him for five years 
uh, on the battlefield who was his commander. And I don't necessarily name the commander. That gives the GM a way to introduce your commander as another character, maybe that you meet later in your adventure path or module. And uh, it, there's times when like not knowing as a care as a player is super rewarding because then you're learning about your character, not just like you don't have a fully fleshed out backstory that like doesn't have any growth to it. Like you discover new things about yourself at the mm -hmm. same time that maybe your character knew, but you as a player don't know. Or like, you know, your companion got, or you like your best friend in the military is MIA and you hadn't been able to find them or something. And yeah. then you find yeah. out what happened to them later, you know? Yeah. Like and there, that's always fun. Like that, the best times that I've had doing, doing games has been when I'm surprised and delighted as a player to find out something about my character. Mm-hmm. See, that's, that's always fun. <laughs> you can also yeah. do it. I've seen it done really well. Um, the character believes something, but that's not the thing that's actually true. So like um, yeah. Heather and I played siblings once and my character was hiding something from her character. And so he believed that our mother was like off in Chiliacs. And then when that all came crashing down because she was actually dead, uh, that created kind of some interesting role play and, you know, um, so it's, it's interesting. Secrets can be really interesting if they're done right in yeah. backstories. I will add a caveat to that. Uh, if you're the game master, be careful when you're changing something that someone assumes pertaining towards their own character. Mm -hmm. Because if you do something like, okay, you, you actually thought that you were trained by this knight and everything, but secretly those were all just memories implanted in your head by an intellect devourer. Uh, mm -hmm. And actually, you know, you were this yeah. other person. Yeah. And that usurps a character and also takes away the player's agency over their own character. And that's always a, it's a dangerous ground to step in, but that's on the GMing panel, which isn't this year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, everyone. Um, so I guess while we formulate some elevator pitches for this uh, character, let's get a recap from Rachel on what we know so far about our character. Okay. All right. So, so far we know that the setting is going to be, um, one of my favorite places, and I think we all figured this out, one of Heather's favorite places, uh, Ustalov. Um, our kind of role in our eventual group will be the spellcaster. We have chosen mm -hmm. uh, a forlorn elf as our ancestry. Our background is cursed family. Um, is anybody else getting a fruits basket vibe, or is that just <laughs> a little bit? A little bit. Yeah, now that you mentioned it. Okay. I don't get that reference, but don't do explain it to me. It's fine. Yeah, we'll explain it to you offline. It's, it's fine. fine. Yes. But I'm sure somebody in the chat knows that reference, and it'll make mm -hmm. me happy. Um, <laughs> and then our class is going to be a sorcerer with the undead bloodline. Um, mm -hmm. As far as uh, development, I don't know if we want to leave it up to chat ideas to come up with some background like backstory stuff or are we just going to come up with that all ourselves i think that's going to be part of our pitch i think that's what we're okay mm -hmm. okay so uh yeah then then using that's that's what we got okay all right, all right. i have a pitch so i will go first and i will see all how right this, how this sits with everybody let me make myself big so you can see me actually all right <laughs> so you're a forlorn elf, elf. You're from Ustalov. You have the undead bloodline as a sorcerer. Here's your deal. Growing up, your family was always cursed. Uh, everyone you loved always seemed to die. And then you could spontaneously bring them back. And so you started bringing back family members. 
And uh, it wasn't quite the same because skeletons and zombies and the like aren't intelligent. (laughs) But at least you weren't alone. And then you just kept getting kicked out of places from place to place to place. Uh, and now you're just you're just trying to find a family, dead or living. That's my pitch. Okay. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. What I did. This is the best part of this, by the way, because we're gonna have very, very different takes on this. Because that is very <laughs> different right. than I thought. Oh my gosh. Let's here. I will offer up. I will offer up the almost the opposite here. Well, not mm-hmm. the opposite, but <laughs> a, a vastly different approach. So uh, your character is the second-born daughter of a uh, family of elves that fought against Tarbethon during the Shining Crusade, and your family was cursed that the second-born daughter would eventually bring ruin. And so the family over the past couple 800 years have killed the second-born daughter every time one was born. Dang. Except where your character's mother smuggled you out, where you were raised instead by a human family and then grew up watching everyone unfortunately around you pass, but you always feel this calling bringing you back and deep down upon reading about your family's history, you know that you will be eventually responsible for the downtime downfall of your own family line. Hmm. Okay. That is a different feel. It's a serious dark take, but (laughs) that is is super dark, man. Okay. All right. I got one. Okay. So your family is a, a noble lineage that lived in Caliphos, and one of your ancestors got the bright idea to uh, try to get rid of the vampires that actually live there and control the city in the background. And rather than eradicate your family, they just cursed the family. Mm-hmm. And so far, nothing really bad has happened. So everybody's like, okay, this this is fine. And then you're born with these strange undead powers. And now the vampires of Caliphas are trying to get you to work with them to destroy the rest of your family with promises of unlocking your undead lineage. Ooh, Ooh I like that one. That's fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, I'm going to le- lean into uh, my own experience and my own dice luck with this one. Um, oh God, here we so, go. My own experience as an undead sorcerer. <laughs> yeah, so, you, so your family has been cursed. I'm, unfortunately, I'm also pulling the Tarbophon thing. Uh, fought against Tarbophon, was cursed with bad luck, as in mm. such bad luck that your family has been destitute and completely unable to recover ever since. Uh, so you have been, uh, you know, Born with this uh, undead, back, you know, bloodline due to, uh, you know, a uh, eh, we'll go with um, unknown mysterious. We'll just leave it nebulous because I like to always let the GM give you a, a background for it uh, reason. But you are determined and set upon your mission to do whatever it takes to remove the curse from your family, no matter how many rules and and you know morals you have to break along the way. It's your chaotic neutral. <laughs> Jordan, including the uh, alignment in his pitch. (laughs) Uh, But also, because you're cursed with bad luck, if you're like me and you have bad dice luck, it's the curse. It's not you, it's the curse. (laughs) That's the real real deal for that. This character always rolls high when Jordan sits down to play Uh, them. Probably, yeah. This would be the one time that it it rolls high. Like a luck vampire. Anyway. Nom, 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 nom. Uh, (laughs) Delicious luck. Ross or Rachel? Well, I'm I'm wondering if we have time because there's only ten minutes left. We have time. Oh, no. Quickly, yeah, quickly, quick. go fast. You're gonna have to do faster yeah. than we did. You got like Hold two sentences. 
I was kind of thinking um, almost a, a, a roguish take on it. And I mean that in the X-Men way where uh, you're a forlorn elf that has been cursed that everything you touch kind of falls apart right. sort wow. of thing. Like, oh. like, or it causes bad luck and everything. So you kind of move around because the moment you get too close to, you know, the people in the town or what you're trying to do, it all ends up falling apart and they like see that you have these crazy powers and, and then drive you out of the town or something like you that. You are an Ustalov. You are an yeah. Ustalov. People are suspicious and weird. So although Ustalov's not really around anymore. Whatever. Yeah, yeah it is. Ustalov's still it's, there. It's there. I guess. They like do have one of those boxes that blast that's like break in case of uh, you know, riot. And they've just got pitchfork and torches inside of it. Nice. <laughs> anyway. Gosh. All right, Ross. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. So in true Ross fashion, um, I'm gonna turn this entire thing on its head. So <laughs> we all right. So get this. Your elf. Uh, belongs to a family that was traveling through Ustalov. You were very young when this happened, but your family stumbled across a meeting of the Whispering Way. Oh. In order to prevent your family oh, from talking about jerks. it, the Whispering Way used, of course, their necrotic powers to slay your family, leaving you alone. Somehow you managed to hide, but unfortunately you have also become imbued with like necromant necromatic powers because of the the um because of the experience mm -hmm. so now you find out as well about um your family's curse your family's uh, former dealings against the whispering way which your parents had no idea about and now your goal is to take your curse to tarbifon himself and well Hopefully, use your connection with the undead versus him instead. <laughs> Roaring rampage Ooh. of revenge. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we've got uh, Jess's, where you have the ability to spontaneously bring people back and you keep getting kicked out. Rick's <laughs> second born daughter uh -huh. um, being cursed. Uh, Heather's noble family turning against uh, their family. Uh, Jordan's trying to remove the curse by any means necessary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Rach, uh, cursed that everything they touch kind of falls apart. Uh, Ross comes across the Whispering Way and needs the help of Tarbafon. So no. out of, out no, of those... destroy Tarbafon. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Seeks to destroy. No, help, help Tarbafon. Always help Tarbafon. No, I'm nah. kidding. <laughs> um, so, so, everybody in the chats, uh, Pick who you like the best, and that's the character we'll kind of uh, work with next panel tomorrow. Uh, yeah. You can just put our name, I guess, if you want to just be like, I like Rachel, so you can put Rach or whatever. Uh, yeah. Can we do a poll? Do they have the poll, a poll thing in their Discord? I don't think Might so. Be easier. Uh, oh. I think we tried well, to figure it out. Well, the Discord is also limited to a smaller number of people. Than yes. Oh, that's true. Right. So, so um, yeah, just drop it in the chat, and we'll... We'll take all of this in, and then we'll yeah, just we'll kind of... We'll look at both yes. chats, so yes. Yes. if you drop it in one, you don't necessarily have to drop it in the other. But. So okay. while you guys... I, I'm pulling the Discord one if somebody wants to pull the Twitch ones. Okay, okay. while you guys do that, I can look at the Twitch one. Um, there's a question in the Twitch chat, so we can discuss this Ooh. while we kind of give people a chance to pick their, their favorite one. Uh, the question... Question comes from Revcon. Uh, what would you do if a character levels and you don't like where it's growing? Uh, what's your best methods to kind of reinvigorate that character? Hmm. I have two thoughts on this. 
think uh, one, one of my is will match Rick, but yeah. Yeah, one of them is uh there are there's the retrain mechanics built yep. into second edition. So if you really yeah, don't like the way your character's going, you can probably come up with a good excuse for why your character is retraining and going in a new direction with it. Uh the That's second yeah, the second one is you know, maybe examine why you don't like the direction that your character is going mm-hmm. and figure out whether or not if it's you don't like the direction the character is going because it doesn't mesh with the story any longer, decide whether or not you want to continue going with that character uh, or whether or not you want to retire that character and bring in another character that makes more sense for it. Uh, I think another thing you could do is um, you could certainly retrain if there were things about your character you didn't like, uh, you wanted to take a different beat. Um might take some time and cost some gold or what have you, but you could retrain that character. If your intro, if your yeah. if your issue with the character is like I've seen this before, where I don't feel like I'm I'm as involved in the story, um, bring it up to your GM because one of the things that can really get you kind of your character reinvigorated into the story and reinvolved is having some kind of something happen. Like either they've had a crisis of faith, they've had you know they um, you know were too late to save somebody, and so it's re you know. Uh, got them back into, you know, stopping the big bad evil guy. Um, there's a lot of kind of events that can happen to to draw you back in. Because I know that I've had that happen um, when I've GM'd where eventually everybody was like, what are we even doing? You know, and that's the time that, you know, the G- for me as a GM, I was like, oh, I need to do something different to get you guys back into it. Maybe drop a hint on what's happening or give you a, a clue to unstick you from the kind of like aimless way you're kind of wandering. Yeah, I didn't ask for this. Well, I mean, work together. I think that's one of, the, one of the best answers we can have is you know, like work with everybody else with you. I mean, you're yeah, all you can always fair. yeah, you can always talk to the other players and be like, hey, my character is not really feeling this, and maybe all you really need to do is sit down and have a heart to heart in character, some role playing moments, and maybe that'll yeah. help make you feel reattached to the story. If yeah. it's an issue with your build, the best thing to do is retrain. Yeah, but yeah. if it's if it's a motivational thing as far as role playing, like everybody else said, either talk to your game master, talk to your the other players, and and then if you really can't work it out, you know, retire the character if you have to, and make mm-hmm. someone make a new character that you'll think you'll enjoy playing more, or will work yep. with the setting or whatever better. We've yep. if you've listened to our podcast, we've had that happen and we've had that happen in games where we're off air as well, mm-hmm. where somebody's decided this isn't working anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. So somebody mm-hmm. in the somebody in the Twitch suggests uh, for character motivation stagnation, uh, players could go back to create a second level of background drama that feeds into what's already been created. Yeah. Go back and tweak the backstory a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, that would be something, of course, bring that up with your game master, just in case they already have a direction that they're planning on going with your backstory. Um, That's definitely a good way to go. And a lot of what everyone's kind of said pertaining towards involving other characters and everything is an important aspect, an important kind of caveat to creating a dynamic character is it kind of comes into creating a dynamic group. So, you know, if mm. if there's one character in the group that doesn't necessarily blend well or is a little bit, you know, flat, a lot of times it's a good idea to work with that person and determine a means by which to kind of involve both of your characters or the elements of your characters together mm-hmm. to make it a more enjoyable experience for everyone. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I guess uh, are we wrapping this mm, up? 
Yeah, I think. Yeah, what yeah. did we end up with? All right, okay. I put the totals from Twitch in the chat. Okay. Um, well, I know who yeah. won right off the yeah. bat. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah it's yeah. very apparent looking at the chat. Uh, Rick got another five votes on ours. Oh my oh. gosh, Rick! So, We're going with second daughter. Yeah. Second you know what? I got daughter. a vote at least, so I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, I got even on the board. Vote. Yay! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really like that one, Rick. Honestly, yeah. I think that's really yeah. Cool. No, I, I I was listening to that and I was like, I think I know what the winner is. <laughs> yeah, on on mine, Jess got one, Rick got five, Heather got one. Yep. Oh. Yeah, Rick got three from the Twitch, and I got one, and Ross got one, and Rachel got one. Nobody wants to role play bad luck. Dang. No, no. That's not fun. <laughs> that's not asking for it, man. It's, 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 it's too close to home. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, yeah. we, I can never escape. We uh, are almost out of time here, but yeah, join us tomorrow at the same time this panel started, I believe, right? Yes, and we will do the and, same thing. So essentially, we are going to be simultaneously Twitch streaming and streaming to our Discord. Um, so it'll work exactly the way it's working right now. So hopefully we can mitigate some of the kind of issues we had when this panel started. And we're going to further develop this character y'all yep. helped us create and kind of talk about how to role play a dynamic character and how to bring what you've done with your backstory and your stats mm. to life in a game. Yep. 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 That's it. Right. Well, yeah. Part. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that all of you are having a wonderful PaizoCon 2020 online and, uh, Go out there, enjoy some games, have some fun, and check back in with us tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific time yep. for continued role-playing a dynamic character in tabletop gaming. Mm -hmm. uh, All right. Well, well, so much we fun. will uh, see yeah. you guys tomorrow. Yeah. We'll out that. All right. Bye. Bye, everyone. The New Direction Network's PaizoCon Online 2020 seminar coverage was made possible thanks to the KDCon team consisting of Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param, Ryan Costello, Alexander Gunas, Vanessa Hoskins, Randall Meyer, Dustin Knight, and John Godek. Special thanks to Paizo's social media producer Peyton Smith and the entire Paizo staff. For more great Pathfinder, Starfinder, and other RPGs news, reviews, podcasts, and blogs, check out NoDirectionPodcast.com. 